The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. For those of you who are watching online, we are socially distanced in this space and today seated a little far back. So some of you, way in the back, I want to make sure that you can see me and hear me. Just give me a wave. All right. All right. All right. If you are at home, I'm looking at you. Raise your hand if you can see me and hear me. Okay. Excellent. Our camera guy, Trevor Jost, is waving at me. Uh, Recently, uh, my family and I, we went to the Great Salt Lake in Utah. Raise your hand if you've ever been to the Great Salt Lake in Utah. Okay. A number of you. It is a beautiful place, uh, desolate, kind of breathtaking it looks otherworldly. It looks almost like another planet. You drive around and you look like you might be on the planet Mars. And it, it's just a, a fascinating place from a distance. Uh, there's nothing that grows there. No vegetation, no fish live in the, in the lake. The only th- creatures that are there are these brine shrimp that live in the water and then flies, these swarms of black flies that are all along the shoreline. And those are pretty much the only creatures that are at the Great Salt Lake. So we approached it, and and it looks beautiful, and the kids are like, yes, we're going to the beach. (laughs) And then we got closer, and we got in it, and noticed that it's harsh wilderness. When we got there, they, they thought, it's a beach, and then we got into it, and they started saying, Dad, the flies. Dad, it's hot. Dad, the salty water is burning my cuts and blisters. Dad, can we go back to the car? The Great Salt Lake is a, it's a harsh wilderness, a hard place to, to be, beautiful to look at. Today we start a new series called Connected, How to Be Connected When Everything is Apart. We're looking at agricultural or landscape themes in Scripture to give us some perspective in our current moment. Today we look at wilderness, and we're asking, what is wilderness? Two questions, what is wilderness? And why does God lead his people into the wilderness? Why would he do that? So what is the wilderness? Wilderness in scripture is probably much more like the Great Salt Lake than the Missouri woods or camping in Missouri. That's fine. You can think about wilderness like the the Missouri Ozarks. But in scripture, when God's people are in the wilderness, whether Israel or Jesus being tempted, it's much more like the Great Salt Lake, hot, hot. And dry. In fact, the the Dead Sea is in Palestine, and it's not not unlike the Great Salt Lake in landscape and in its features. The wilderness is, first of all, it's desolate. Uh, There's nothing around. Uh, There's no comfort or amenities. There's no beaten path. There's no civilization. Second, the wilderness is a lonely place. You can be completely alone with no one else around. And in that way, it can be a scary place. The desert is an uncertain place. It's, it's unpredictable. Uh, there's no clear map. It's uncharted territory. Your plans change as quickly as the weather. And finally, the wilderness is, is wild. That word wild is in the word wilderness. It's, it's wild. It can be chaotic. 
can be dangerous, untamed. There's the potential for hunger and thirst and accident and injury and, of course, even death. When you're out in the wilderness on your own, you're faced with real consequences. It's wild. Think in your mind of a place that you've been been to, a physical place that is desolate and lonely and wild. I've been hearing people use the language of wilderness in recent days, wilderness language, like, I'm so alone, or I don't know what's going to happen next, or everything is uncertain, or everything is chaotic. That's language in the wilderness, and I hear people saying things like that today. Now, when I say people, I'm not talking about you, because your life is perfect, right? You, you don't have wilderness seasons in your life at all. Everything's good in your life. But a lot of people go through seasons of wilderness. And God tends to use those seasons strategically. It's precisely God's people who go through the wilderness We see in Scripture that God's people, when they're in the wilderness, it's not an accident. It's not a detour. He does it on purpose. Why? Why would he do that? There are at least a couple of reasons that I've found in Scripture. And the first reason is this. God uses wilderness to flex his muscles. So God got Israel out of Egypt. He drew his people out of slavery got them out of bondage, and as they're fleeing their captors in Egypt, they're getting away, we find that he takes them on, a, on an odd route. In chapter 13, verse 18 of Exodus, he says, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. You might know that there was a more direct route from Egypt to the Promised Land. If you're looking on a map, you want to draw the shortest distance between the two dots. And that would have been the way of the Philistines. But instead, God chooses the route, the way of the wilderness. The backwards way, the out of the way route. It would be like going to Chicago via Louisiana. It doesn't make sense. It's backwards. It's, it's the wrong way. Not only that, but this route was, was a trap. He took them uh, up, up against a body of water on one side, and then on the other side is the mighty military of Egypt pressing in on them to trap them. Why would God do this? Why would he choose on purpose the way of the wilderness for his people? We find out in the next chapter. Chapter 14 of Exodus in verse 18. It says... And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God led his people to a place where there was no escape except for a miracle. He led them to a place where all the doors were shut so they would know that he is the only way. He led them to a dead end so that they would know only he does the impossible. 
And God will lead you at seasons in your life into places of wilderness. And he does that so that you know that he alone is God. In the wilderness, he teaches us the first commandment. And we really learn the first commandment. There, there is no other God besides him. We fear love and trust in him above all things. There's no other way out. There's no other God like this. We get no credit ourselves. There was nothing that we could have done to get out. There are things that you can't know unless you go through wilderness. Crisis is revelatory. And when you go through something like that, you come to recognize that only God can save. The wilderness and the way of the wilderness is like the way of the cross. Only God. Only he can do that. Only he can save. That's where God flexes his muscle. Second, a reason that God uses wilderness, he uses wilderness to test, to teach, and to refine. So after Israel got out of Egypt, they lived in the wilderness, the Sinai Peninsula in the Middle East, and immediately they start grumbling and complaining all the time grumbling and complaining, like Numbers 14, 2. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses that we, would that we had died in the wilderness. They wanted to go back even to slavery. They'd prefer that than where they were in the wilderness. Wilderness is a school. You learn who you are and you learn who God is when you're in the wilderness. And when you're out there, there's nothing to hide behind. And you start to be able to see yourself for who you are, even the things you don't like about yourself. You're confronted with them in the wilderness. John the Baptist preached in the wilderness. His sermon over and over again was, Repent, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. And his, his sermon matched the landscape. It was like an object lesson. To be in the desert and preach that. Repent. Cut out all the fat. Reckon with your sin. Confront it. Confess it. The old person must die. A new person must be born. And the wilderness is the place where that's learned to test, to teach, to refine. You begin to see who you really are. So the wilderness is a place where God flexes his muscle. And the wilderness is a place where you're tested and refined. It's a school. Sounds like a lot of fun. You might be thinking in your mind, yay, wilderness. I'm so excited. You don't get to choose your wilderness. It's chosen for you. The only thing you can do in the wilderness is choose how you will respond. So what do you do? What do you do in the wilderness? John O'Leary is an author and he's a speaker and he's from St. Louis. When he was nine years old, he was burned his, almost in, his entire body in a, in a gas fire explosion in his garage. 
lost almost all of his skin, and for five months he was hospitalized. They didn't think he'd make it. But they grafted the little skin that was left on his head, his scalp, and started to graft it across his body. And after five months, he finally went home, but still a long recovery. But it was a miracle. He's alive, and he tells his story. And one of the things that he shares from that experience is a question question to ask when you're in a season of wilderness. And that question is this, why God? Why? And he says there are two ways you can ask that question. First, you can say, why God? Why would you do this to me? This isn't fair. Why did this happen? What good could ever come out of this? I don't like this. What are you doing to me? But the second way you can ask that question is like this. Why, God? Why? What are you, what are you doing in this wilderness? What do you want from me? Teach me. Show me. What is your will? What is your way? Help me depend on you more. Help me to know you more. Show me, God. I'm open. Test me. Refine me. To ask why, God. Teach me. You can see wilderness as a curse, or you can see it as a revelation from God. You can see wilderness as a prison. Or you can see it as a school. This is your question. This is your prayer for the wilderness. To pray, why God? And if you're in a wilderness right now, this is your prayer. Why God? Show me. Reveal yourself to me. Teach me. Help me depend on you and you alone. Show me why God. I sometimes call my dad Meriwether Lewis, like Lewis and Clark. He even has this cool little hat that he wears when he adventures out in the wilderness. He loves the Boundary Waters canoe area of northern Minnesota. It's this huge swath of land, thousands of lakes, untouched by humans. And so in the Boundary Waters, you can't access it any other way except by foot or by canoe. There are no roads. No motorboats allowed, no cars, no phones, no phone service. And you can put your canoe on your back and portage in and hop from lake to lake to lake, and pretty soon you don't see any human beings for days, weeks, or months. It's truly wild wilderness. My dad, when he gets in the boundary waters, he is Meriwether Lewis. He locks in, he's focused, determined, and he knows exactly what to do because he's been there hundreds of times. In fact, he's going in a, in a couple of weeks. And every time that I've been to the Boundary Waters, I've gone with my dad. He's like my personal guide, except I don't have to pay him. You are in the wilderness. 
and you need a guide. You need someone who's been there before you, who knows it, knows what it's like. There was a really important event that happened early in Jesus' ministry. We find it in Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Notice what it says. It says Jesus was, was led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit led Jesus. God led Jesus into the wilderness. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a detour or a mistake. It was divinely strategic that Jesus should go into the wilderness and thirst and hunger and be tested and be tempted even by the devil. That was God's plan. It was strategic. Just like Israel walked through the wilderness, journeyed through it, it was strategic that Jesus should do the same thing just like his people did of old. Except, except Jesus did it perfectly, rightly. No complaining or stumbling or grumbling or sinning. Jesus was a substitute. He did what God's people were supposed to do, but he did it perfectly in our place, before us. You're in a season of wilderness. You need a guide. You need someone who's been there before you. And Jesus Christ has navigated the wild ahead of you. He knows what it's like because he's been there before. You don't have to be afraid of the wilderness. Jesus says, I know it's uncertain, but I've been there before. Jesus says, I know that it's wild, but I've calmed the storms and I've subdued seas. Jesus says, I know that you're alone, but I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You're in the wilderness. Repent of your sinful life. Ask God to teach you and to change you. Place your hand into the hand of your guide, Jesus Christ himself. And watch. Watch for God to flex his muscle in the wilderness. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day, and remember, you are loved by God deeply through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.